Welcome to the Shamanic Author Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Worm. Are you a coach, holistic, or spiritual entrepreneur struggling to write your first book? The Shamanic Author Podcast will help you release that resistance inside yourself so you can access that state of being that writing requires. See, society has it all wrong. From a young age, we're told that we have to have the house, the degree, the fancy car to be happy. But the truth is, we have to become that state of happiness, and then the material success follows. You're human beings, not human habits, right? So I'm so excited for this episode today. Let's explore energy, alternative health, first-time author challenges, and book publishing marketing strategies. If this sounds like you, I want you to head over to mountainmindtricks.com slash ultimate-guide for a free ultimate aspiring author guide. There's three steps in there that will teach you exactly how to write a book that makes a big difference in your spiritual business, in your holistic or coaching practice. And if you want to know when the next episode is live, get updates, and learn more about the shamanic writing process, follow me on Instagram at mountain underscore mind underscore tricks. That's mountain mind tricks with underscores. Follow the podcast and subscribe to the show to make sure you get the notifications when I release new episodes. Welcome everybody to the podcast. I'm so excited for my guest, Amelia Zachary. She's a blogger, aspiring author. Her book's coming out soon. I'm so excited to have her here because she's going through this editing phase that that I love to talk about that my own experience was so powerful. And Amelia, could you introduce yourself as, and let us know how you got into writing, kind of your story? What was your journey like? What brought you here to this moment? Hey, um, so I am, thank, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And so my writing journey began about a year ago, really. Um, I was born and raised in Malaysia, and I moved to America about eight years ago, and I have two beautiful children. And that's where my story begins. I was talking about the trauma that I had um, endured in my past, I've spoken to it with my husband and we are raising two children and we were talking about how we raise our kids and the truths that we reveal to them. And we came up with this idea of me putting it down on paper. So I, you know, have the truths out processed on paper, should I ever want to tell it to them? And that's, that idea became a book. And so I'm, I wrote my first a draft and where I'm in the middle of editing it, like you were saying, and I'm finding it the best way I could have possibly thought of to tell my children this story about uh, the trauma that I had um, gone through. Oh, that's so amazing. What an amazing reason to write a book. There's some, there's a lot of power behind that. And I love this, this idea of conscious parenting, I guess is what I've, what I would term it as. And, and um, that's just my own words for it. But this, idea of conscious parenting, I think is so important in the whole world. So thank you so much for what you're doing. Like it really does mean a lot. And, um, I want to ask, you know, if you don't mind, like what was kind of generally some of the trauma that you went through that drove you to write this book? So when I was 19, my second year in college, I was raped. And so that was a secret I I held on to for many years. And 
only in writing this book have I really found the power, my voice, the power in my voice to be able to really say that it happened. And um, in this process, I actually found that I was accepting that it was a violation because for the longest time, I was um, of the mind that it was my fault and that I could have I could have prevented it should I have wanted to or should I have known better or I, I should not have put myself in a position to be raped or I should not have been in the place where I could have been raped. And I thought that it was all my fault until very recently I came to a realization that it wasn't my fault and there was nothing um, that I could have done to have prevented it. And so, yeah, that, that, that trauma really I carried as a secret until I accepted it was only when I, until I had accepted it as a violation was when I actually found the, the strength and the power in me to voice it and to share my story with the people around me. And I guess a lot more people now that uh, I'm putting it into the book. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. And I, I really do appreciate uh, your story because I think it's so much more common than, than we think out there. And I know that's something you're very passionate about is, is helping kind of, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to use my words here, but, you know, really helping express that rape culture more and, and make like break the stigma of it more. So there's less women carrying that secret out there. Right. Yeah. And the rape culture. Because that's the whole culture that put me into silence. It's a whole culture around it that told us how girls should behave and how girls should dress and where girls should be and what is and what isn't um, safe for girls. And um, really, like I, I just read this recently in uh, in a book. It they talked about this double standards we have for men and women and how. Um, there was uh, an incident on campus and then all the women were told to stay indoors and not be not be roaming the campus at night. And then someone as a joke put out a, a note that said um, men should stay indoors in order to uh, avoid rape from happening. And then you then you all these men are furious and angry and like that's un unfathomable that somebody would expect men to be indoors and that men should be. Um, bound to any strict um, codes, right? And so this is the culture that we live in and this is the culture that allows for these things to perpetuate and continue in our society. And I think that it's important that we have conversations like this. It's important that we have conversations like I want to convey in my book so that people are aware that this is something that we need to do away with. Oh, thank you so much. And and just from from my own experience and what I've seen in my own life, you know, I I haven't gone through anything like that before. But what I guess if I think about my own experience and try and relate to this, there was, I guess, in high school, like half of our football team was involved in like raping women, raping girls at parties. And I think that's super common of these kind of high profile people or popular people or whatever in that time in my life in high school. And it, it's always something that's just, I just don't understand how it's even possible that somebody would do something like that. And I think it's so much more common. And so I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for bringing this message out because it is, it's something like I true, I believe you, like it, it needs to change. It has to change. And, and I can't imagine what holding on to that secret must have felt like. Was that 
like what was that like for you holding on to that secret it's a very strange thing right it was a secret to me but no one else knew that i had the secret and so i was in conversations where people talk about um rape and talk about sexual assault and sexual violence and a lot of people who have not been around it have very little sensitivities to the issue or understanding or even empathy because i've heard my own um, friends say things like well she was there at that certain time of the night like what was she doing there and my answer i answer myself in my mind well like just being out at night this should not be a reason to be raped right and I listen to these conversations and I cringe and I, I bite my tongue because I don't say anything anymore. And now that I've, I'm out in the open and like I've blogged about it and I um, post in social media and talk about rape and talk about um, sexual assault a lot and it's out there and people know it. Now I find like I, I sometimes cringe, like wonder what it is like for people to know that secret about me. But I also find people being more careful or people being more cautionary when they speak to me about these things. And I, or some people are curious and they want to know more. And I find that that gives me meaning and purpose, right? That's the point of using my voice, being able to instigate conversations about rape, talking about um, sexual violence. And that's, I think, one step towards ending rape, rape culture is a step forward for us. Yeah, that's so powerful. Just just sharing your story and having the courage and and showing, you know, the way I see it anyway is like you're you're helping so many women just by sharing your story. It's so powerful just just showing them that you have the courage and they could too and and I really just thank you again. Like I really appreciate your message and and tell me more about how go ahead I, I must say, like you were saying, that I'm giving people courage, but I think that I found my voice also amidst the women's marches, amidst the Me Too movement, amidst listening to all these high-profile cases, right, Brock Turner and Brett Kavanaugh and Harvey Weinstein and all the women who have come forward. And I think I've found strength and power through that. And I think like that, that secret became less and less a burden to carry knowing that other people are going through the same thing. So I thank those women who have come, come before me to show us what that power can look like. And thank you, by the way, for having this conversation at all. I appreciate this. Oh, thank you. I, I Yes, thank you so much. And, and it is it's such a violation of human rights. It's something we have to talk about. And we have to, uh, you know, work on stopping stopping the rape culture. So I really like, thank you for your message. And, and I want to um, go a little bit deeper into to your writing process, because I can only imagine writing a memoir about this must have been really tough as far as kind of bringing everything back up and reliving almost in some senses. Can you tell us a little more about that? Well, the writing process, I wrote, I wrote the draft and I didn't think about it, right? I just... I just told myself, I mean, I heard from writing classes and all this where put all your thoughts down on paper and then you can like look at it and fix it later. Right. So I, I did that and that was cathartic just to get it all out and have it on, on the pages and to look through the pages and see my life from a different perspective. 
it was as if I was looking from the outside now and they gave me a lot of um, insight on my own perspectives of life and my values and my things that I cared about and things that I had experienced and truly experiencing it on the pages was really cathartic. And then we went into editing and that was when I found that, you know, I'm working with a, I'm working with a coach and an editor. And so we are going through the pages and we're doing develop, developmental edits and I'm looking at, and she's asking all these questions, dig, digging deeper and digging deeper. And in a sense, it's almost become part of my therapy. It's very therapeutic to go through and answer those questions from a, from a mature narrator point of view, right? To be able to like look outside from the outside and look at my story and look at the experiences. And it really did allow me to heal a lot. And I think it's, I've, from the point that I started writing the book till where I am now, I feel like I've grown from um, beginning to heal to a place of growth right now. And I'm looking back and learning from my experiences. Um, it, it's funny to say that I'm learning from my experiences now, like since I've actually walked, I've actually walked the path to get to where I am now. But writing really did something different. It allowed me to look from a different perspective that allowed me to grow more than I thought that I could. Oh, I love this so much because, you know, as you know, the podcast is the shamanic author and, and um, there's there's something that that I discovered as a writer and I just I wanted to I wanted to explore this idea more. And it's exactly what you're talking about. And, and for me, you know, I, I label it, here's, you know, I call it the shamanic writing process, but really what it is, is, is the second phase is that editing phase where you're really going line by line, or like you're talking about the developmental editing. And it's like, you're saying it's almost this therapeutic way of, of like kind of going line by line through the trauma, through something as a writer, you're, you're learning line by line. And there's this I guess for me, what I want to explore more is there's this transformation inside you, but I also think that this is this is embedding the book with with transformation, which means the reader is going to have such a huge experience just from reading your book, right? I think it's hard to separate that thought of like what the reader is going to get and what I'm putting into the pages, right? Because um, inevitably, the book is meant to be published, well, hopefully, well, the hope is that it gets published and that I have readers who are reading my book. And I cannot help but think about my, my, um, what do you call it, the end game? Like when somebody reads the book, what are they going to get from this? And what are they going to learn from this experience and this experience? And I, I have, and in that processing of what I'm going to deliver for my reader, I think I am growing. I see things in a different way because then I'm more, I find myself becoming more optimistic and hopeful because I know that it's going to say something to somebody or touch someone or, you know, give somebody an insight or give somebody a questioning view of a subject that I'm talking about. Oh, I love that. And is there, is there almost like a release, like you said, there's therapeutic value for here, but is there, is there like you're talking about this healing, like is the trauma feeling less and less more and more manageable, easier to learn from those kinds of things? Is there, is there a direct result of 
healing mentally, emotionally from this process for you? I think for me, it's, I've, I've distanced myself a long way from the trauma. This happened almost 20 years ago, right? So I was 19. I was very young. And writing the book, I went into my 19-year-old mind and recalled every single step of the way and all the things that I've done and all the things I was thinking and all the, the you know, trying to draw out the person that I was in that moment in time. And here I am 20 years later. It, it's not only therapeutic, I think it, it is it is a true sense of healing and acceptance in finding the power of my voice. Like being able to use my voice now is something greater than healing. I find it, I, I, I call it a place of growth because I am now able to use my voice for something else. I no longer hold on to that, hold on to that secret. I don't no longer hold on to that truth as a secret, but as the truth. It is the truth and it is something that has happened and now I, I'm able to share with others and use my voice. And it's no longer just like, you know, trying to keep a secret anymore. Or oh, it's wow. no, longer just, no longer just trying to forget the, the, the incident. For a long time, I lived my life trying to just forget it. Like it, it's, it's something that happened. It's terrible, but there's nothing I can do about it now. And I, let's just move on. Now, I'm through my writing, I found that I am able to accept it as part of my life and part of my journey and there are no we have this saying among my friends we say there are no wrong cards so that whatever happened there's no good or bad it just is and i've come to an understanding of that through my writing that it's it no longer holds me ransom and it's okay i'm okay i'm at peace with what has happened and i'm at peace at, with where i am now and I think writing has brought me that. Wow, that's huge. That is that is a milestone, at least from my point of view. It sounds sounds like there's this major transformation transformation happening inside you. And I'm I'm just so thankful you are here on the podcast to express this this journey because I think there's so many authors out there that are you know, or or folks that are trying to write a book, or maybe they just started, or they, I, I think the biggest thing is there's so many people out there that have a book idea, but they're too scared to try it. And here you are, you're proving that you can, like, no matter what, you can write that book. And I just want to say thank you, because this is, this is one of my missions in life is to help more people write their book. Because I think writing your book, like you said, it's, it's, probably one of the most healing things you could ever do in your life. And, and as you said, it's, I think you would agree with that, right? Yes, absolutely. I think a lot of people who I, I, from my writing classes, I hear a lot of people holding back on their book idea because you're afraid that someone, no one's going to hear your story or no one is interested or no one wants. I think these, these are the common bugs for writers, right? And I feel like now me being an emerging author like I don't have anything published yet but I feel like I as soon as I found my voice I wanted to use it and I also realized through my blog and my uh, Facebook and Instagram people have reached out to me just from those posts they've reached out to me to share their experience with me and that that was very surprising because I didn't think that I was going to hear from people 
and I, I thought I was, you know, I put out these blogs and I expected like people to say, Hey, and like, Oh, that was great. You know, like, Oh, good job on the, on the article, on the story or something. But I got these long messages from people saying like, Hey, I, I suffered a trauma when I was such and such age and this happened to me. And I, and I just wanted to share with you and they found a safe place to share too. And I think that's what it's about is getting your, getting your word out there and sharing and, whatever ideas you have you people you probably think that it's not a great idea or you probably think that there's no one listening but somehow like if it's not but if it's not out there no one's going to hear right no one's going to listen to it but if you put you take the chance and go for it chances are someone's listening and so that with that mindset i'm put i'm i put together this book Oh, that's so amazing. Like just, yeah, I think that's so true. There's, I know I went through that and I think most uh, first time authors go through that of like, who is even going to read this book or who cares about my story or this and that. And and it's really just this, I think this story we tell ourselves because we're probably a little scared. I know I was scared the first book I wrote and, and I, I'm curious if there's, I think the one of the most common themes that I hear with first-time authors is kind of this imposter feeling. And, and I, I just want to ask you, you know, I want to be really direct and ask you, is that something that has come up for you through this process? Is is there a little bit of imposter syndrome? Because I think that's that's something really important to talk about, isn't it? Absolutely. And well, to clarify imposter syndrome, like I, I, I do. I need a lot of validation for my work. I am very insecure with my writing and I have, to be honest, my process, like three people read it before I post anything. I have my, I have my husband read it and he'll read it. And then I'll have my, a, a friend read it and she, they'll read it and then tell me like, oh, this, whatever they think about it and the next person. And then I'm like, okay, I think this is good enough. And yet when I put it up there, I'm like, oh my goodness, is this good enough? Am I good enough? Am I good enough a writer? Is anybody listening? Like, do, does anybody care? And I think there's something that's hard to get over, but I just kind of push through because there's no way of telling. Like, even even best-selling authors have people who don't like their work, right? And there's no way of telling whether I, and I, I keep asking my husband, like, is this good enough? Is this is this substantial enough? Do I sound like I'm, like an amateur? Or do I sound like not um, not like a proper writer? And he's like, what is a proper writer? And he told me, he said, no one, <clears throat> no one can tell you anything that you will believe because the only thing that you actually believe is when someone says that your work is shit. So, like he said, like I, you, you got to start believing on uh, in yourself and. I think the imposter syndrome still lives strong, but I've come to a point where I am able to say, go for it and see what happens. Oh, yeah, I love that so much. And and I think for me, you know, I do help authors with imposter syndrome. And I think to me, one of the keystones is like you're saying, is just taking action and and, and not to dismiss it at all by any means, because it's a very real feeling and it, it's, I've had it and I've gone through it. And it's so important to take that action, though. So I, I, I just want to say thank you for sharing, because it's like this is such a common theme of first time authors. And it's so powerful just to talk about it and just to demystify it, because there is light in the tunnel. It is possible 
And for me, I think mine was, was like when I had that published book in my hand, like suddenly all of a sudden I was officially this published author. And I feel like that was the moment. That was the moment when all of that, am I good enough just disappeared in my writing. And, and, and I think that's really common for a lot of authors. So it does go away then. <laughs> well, I think there's, there's, it, it's kind of this cycle where when we level up like in a video game or whatever we want to call it, but where we kind of go to the next level, it comes back, but it's lesser and lesser in my experience. And then um, the next level, you, you know, like maybe instead of writing a memoir, it's writing like a whole book series or like starting a new business. It's just whenever we level up, there's that imposter syndrome. And so to me, I've learned to think of it as the imposter is really, it, all it means is that you're growing and that you're a little bit uncomfortable because you're growing and, and it is a good thing. I like that. Yes. A little bit discomfort is, allows you to birth creativity, right? Because you, I think some, some form of self-scrutiny is vital to creativity. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, it's, the only time it's a problem is when it really starts to like uh, restrict the creativity. And that's, that's, that's where the person has this book idea for 30 years and they haven't written a word, right? That's where the imposter is like a really big problem. And, and obviously for you, you're writing, you're editing, like this book is going to be real, like in somebody's hands uh, soon, like it's going to happen, like in the next year or two or whatever it is. And that's exciting, isn't it? It's so exciting. Just to see that to that's so I'm in the last few chapters and I feel like this is the hard this has been the hardest part of the ride because I just like I'm waiting for that moment where it like you say you level up and it goes to the next level and I I'm looking for publishers or I'm now getting the book out there and so yeah it is exciting to think about the level up yeah absolutely and and. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think for me, the, the editing process was so hard. Cause it was like, you know, my first book, I didn't know anything about writing. I'm just a firefighter, right? That was the mindset I came from. And, um, it was so like, I guess when I, I wrote my first draft and I handed it to somebody to read it and they were just like, this is like pretty incoherent, really. It was really hard to hear that because I poured my kind of life and soul into it. And then but now that I look back, it was a blessing of somebody just telling you like, hey, this needs some serious editing. And it took a lot of editing my first book, but I learned so much. My editor basically gave me a degree, I feel like, because <laughs> when I got that first draft back, it was just red. That's all I saw was red. It's like, oh my gosh, I need a lot of help here. And and so it's so amazing that you're working with a coach. And, and I would love to hear a little bit more. Is the coach helping you with the writing process, with the editing process? with the therapeutic value or is it kind of wrapped all up in one? I think I get all of that. Not, not, I, I think she, she didn't sign up for it, but I think she's giving me all of that. She, well, she, I'm, I'm kidding, but um, she is helping me with the writing process and editing. But in that process of editing, I think I'm receiving therapeutic help. Like she's able to not, not directly, but I think when she asked me the questions she asked me and she poses questions about experiences and I have to think about it to write, I think that's where the, thera the therapeutic value is in the writing, um, the things that she's asking for. But yeah. yeah, like you said, the 
the reds, <laughs> the reds on the page. Oh my goodness. When I first started, I, so I'm a first time writer. I have no, I, my background is in business and, um, I have, I, I got a degree in business and like, I have no writing background whatsoever. And so I, I started writing this book and I had no idea what the publishing process was, whatever. I, I have no, I actually am not sure if I entirely understand this process, but I'm taking it one step at a time. And I, that's the way I can process it. I think like if I take the first step and then I'll figure out what the next step is and I'll, I'll go ahead, proceed according to that. And so I decided to go with the coach because of that, because I had no idea what I was um, looking into. Someone asked me the other day, don't you just write a book and then you just publish it? And then I said, apparently, (laughs) (laughs) apparently not (laughs) because I'm learning a lot now. But so she's helping me with the whole process. Like she's helping me. She started helping me with the writing and the coaching me with my writing skills. And I was learning about craft and learning about all these literary jargon that I had no idea I had never heard of I had to google some stuff but I was growing and I was learning and through the edits I'm receiving therapeutic value and she's also helping me with the process of um, going into publishing and all that oh that's awesome and so so I want to go I want to step back a little bit and and go back to when you wrote your first draft was there this almost like you said, it, it was cathartic, and and I'll be honest, that word doesn't really speak to me very well, um, probably because I don't know the definition. <laughs> but um, what I'm hearing is that it was really, like, I guess what I want to know is that was there this kind of trance almost, or was there almost this channeling of the story of the writing? Was it almost it just flew right out of you? Was there that experience for you? When I was writing, you mean? Yes, your first draft. Yes. Yes. So I started with a story. So I started with the center story and um, I kind of, I wanted to tell the story about the trauma. So I started there and I wrote a whole, I wrote the scenes and I wrote the whole story about the trauma. And then I started developing it from there, like for before and after. So I kind of, it grew the book chapter by chapter, putting together stories that I was going to tell to kind of tell a whole big story and so yeah it was exhilarating it was very it was a very big feeling I had I had a big celebration I had it I had it ready I had like I I had my first draft ready and we went out for a big celebration because that was a big feat to even just get all those words together into something that I could call a manuscript and I had people read it for me. I, I had a beta testing group and I had a few friends, I, friends and people who knew other people. Some people I knew, some people I didn't know. I got them together and to read the book and they read the book. And then we had a Zoom call just to get feedback. And part of it is imposter syndrome. I wanted to know that it was good enough for me to proceed to actually try and think about publishing this book. And so I was happy that I got feed good good people maybe they were being kind but I hope they weren't I hope they were being honest and I trust that they were being honest and so they that kind of gave me the confidence to like take the next step which was hire a coach oh I love that so much and and I want to go a little bit deeper was there I guess I want to ask you are you spiritual or do you believe in God or anything like that I am spiritual I believe in a higher power 
Okay. I believe and that there's something that connects all of us and that's part of my healing journey. Um, I, I was able to heal and feel alive again. So I also, I guess I'll, I'll just add here that after my trauma, that kind of triggered bipolar disorder for me. And so I struggled many years with bipolar disorder as well. And so with that, I felt like through my mental struggles and all my struggles, I found myself in a spiritual journey trying to find meaning in all of this. First, you know, first I get raped and then now I have this de almost debilitating state of um, um, episodes swinging from hypomanic episodes to depressive episodes. And like, I'm supposed to live in this uh, limbo of my mind. And so I became very spiritual and I believe that there is a power and I believe that we're all connected and that I have a purpose and that I might not know the reason or I might not know the true meaning of my being yet, but I am at a place where I'm at peace with where I am. Wow, that's so beautiful. Yeah, that's so amazing to feel that peace where you are now. Just thank you for saying that. That is, that is really powerful, especially after all the trauma and everything you've gone through, like to feel this peace where you are right now. That is, I think there's so many women out there that want that. And, and I want to ask, was there, did it ever feel like there was this higher power coming into that first rough draft writing as in like that flow state, that creativity, those stories, when you're writing them, did it feel like there was some sort of higher power or something helping you with this process? I think it, I feel like just being able to connect with my inner self, my inner voice, my true self and being honest with myself and being raw and truthful with my pain and raw and truthful with my, just my, my state of being, I think it allowed for that creativity. You know, there's a, we talk about masculine and feminine powers and the masculine is all in your head and the feminine is more intuitive and nurturing and loving. And I find, I found that like trying to balance that, trying the masculine is supposed to be assertive and um decision making and everything happens in the masculine power and i feel like having a good balance of that allowed for that creativity to flow out of me and to allow me to speak from the heart so to say oh i love that so much yeah the masculine feminine and, and harmonizing balancing those is it's so interesting and and i think yeah, exactly what you're talking about was my experience with all the books I've written is that that highest self comes in and connects me with a deeper aspect of myself or a deeper aspect of something I wasn't really sure was actually there until I until I write it out. And then that editing process is like, it just blows me away every single time. It's like, I, I just, there's something deeper or maybe I can't believe I wrote that or there's yes, just- Yes, I, <laughs> that... I feel that sometimes like I, I wrote these things it came out like I, it came out and it flows and it flows and I write and I write and I write and I write. And then my husband's reading and then he reads me a line. He's like, this is good. I'm like, what? Say it again. I don't remember writing that. <laughs> it's yeah. almost like there's a power that comes over and like it comes out naturally and yeah. flawlessly. Oh, wow. What an amazing writer's journey you were on. You're like in the thick of it. And this is why I wanted you on the podcast. So, so it's just such a great interview. So thank you so much. And, and um, I guess I'm curious on, 
you know, you, you're, you've talked about publishing and, um, what is your idea or what's, what are you planning for publishing? What's your thoughts on this? So right now I am going a little old school and trying for traditional publishing first to see how that goes. I just, I just wanted to see like how I I just want to test the waters and like, I don't really have, um, big expectations and I'm kind of looking at this as with a sense of adventure and mystery. Like it's an exciting journey just to try. And I wanted to just try it out and see what traditional publishing is all about. And I guess if it doesn't work out, I would probably be looking at self-publishing. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah, I love that. And and what is drawing you to... I mean, not to say that there's anything like that it's... Um, that it's a second, what do you call that? Like a backup plan or anything. But I just thought that like, I wanted to try and like test out the waters. Not, I know a lot of people choose to do self-publishing up, up right, but I don't have the um, courage, I guess, to go right away and do it. And so I'm try I'm trying to see what traditional publishing looks like and just for, just for the fun of it. Yeah. Oh, that's so amazing. And so what's, what is drawing you toward uh, traditional publishing? I don't know. I think like that, all the books that we read, all these, not all the books, I'm sorry. Like a lot of these books that we read and and authors that, that we like, that I like, and I've, there's something about being published by one of those houses, you know, that's just, that just sounds appealing to be, to have my name with, one of these publishers that one of my favorite authors have been on. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. I don't really have like a big, like I said, I don't have big expectations. I'm like, this is my first time. And I thought that, you know, I, I try it. I know it's everyone, everyone tells me it's the hardest way to publish and it's almost impossible, but I thought, why not? Like give it a go and see where the, see if, if that's the route for me. If that is, that is what's meant to be, then there are no wrong cards. Yeah, absolutely. And have you ever heard of hybrid publishing before? No, I have not. So this is, um, you know, this is kind of what the podcast is focused on is, is, uh, there's an aspect here of, of the writer's journey and the beauty what we've been talking about for a while. And then the hybrid publishing where it's, it's a, it's a publishing house that's way smaller. That is, that helps the writer go through, and either teaches them how to self-publish or does all the publishing and facilitates all the editing. And so it's a really small publishing house where it's not this big, it's not this gigantic machine that's going to churn out books every year, right? It's like, it's much more intimate publisher-author relationship. And it's just a very different, and it's a new, it's very new in the last year or two, it's really been coming up. And so, you know, maybe that's something that a lot of first-time authors can think about or, or talk about, or, you know, there's not just traditional and self-publishing. There's also the hybrid, which is really interesting because it's, like I said, it's, it's new and upcoming. And and I think there's some value and there's also, there's definitely some, I think the hybrid publishing has the, there's a stigma to it still with, there's a, there's been cases of like vanity publishing is what you'll hear it called in the industry where it's like, people getting ripped off and things like that. And it's like, yeah, that's definitely out there with hybrid publishing. 
Um, so you just have to be a little bit careful, but it's like, this is, I think it comes down to like, how much time do you have? Cause self-publishing, like for me, I think it takes like a solid three months of like learning everything and then doing it because there's so much to it. Right. Yeah. But, but it's easy. It's possible. It's not, you know, for people that say self-publishing is really hard and time consuming, that's not true. It just is, takes a lot of effort. That's all it is. I think I'm thankful that we live in a time and space where we have these options. Yeah. Like it's, it's really cool that you can do go traditional publishing. You can do hybrid publishing. You can do self-publishing and there are all these avenues to market yourself and uh, like Instagram and Facebook and all uh, Twitter and all these avenues that you can market yourself. And like, I'm just grateful that we're in a, we're in a such an exciting time where all these options are available to people like us. Yeah, it's so amazing. And so I want to go back a little bit and ask you about, because I think this is an important distinction of you have a writing coach and, and um, you know, I, I don't know your relationship, but it sounds like it goes, it goes a little bit deeper than just writing. But I want to ask you, like, was getting a writing coach critical for you? Because I, I think first time authors, sometimes a coach is almost necessary because of there's just, there's a lot that goes on to writing a book. Like your friend said, don't you just write a book and publish it? Like, no, it doesn't work like that. Sorry. Definitely. Like, I think like I have learned so much in the months that I've worked with her that I would not have been able, I mean, like I would not have been able to learn all that on my own. Definitely. I mean, I, I bet like people go, people go to school for this stuff, right? People go to school to learn how to write. And even then, like she, she's holding my hand through the publishing process, like, you know, writing book proposals, writing query letters and trying to understand what's, what's next. How do you, how do you book an agent? How do you find a publishing house? And all these things that I think were are critical, not only like to help me, but I think it gives me confidence in knowing that like I'm being guided by somebody who knows the ropes and I'm not going into this blind yeah. So I, I do think it has been vital in my process. Oh, and that's even just, so just, just in the writing, it has been incredibly helpful. The way like she talks about things like, oh, you, this is going into stream of consciousness or this is, this is, it, I like to hear a passive voice here or like this is, this is some, you know, like all these things that I did not think were, I would not have thought about in the writing style and finding my voice and like, she sometimes here reads it and says like, okay, this, you're going off of your voice a little bit here. And I'm like, oh, okay. So like, I think a writing coach is extremely helpful for a first time writer like me. Yeah. Oh, wow. I love that. I love that there's people out there just coaching on writing. That's, uh, it's just a dream come true for me. That's so powerful. I love it. And like I said, my passion is, as many books as possible getting written every year around the world. That's like, so I love hearing about this. So thank you. And I'm curious, you, you mentioned earlier that you were born in Malaysia and is, is English your second language? I mean, your English is amazing. I'm just curious if, if English is your second language. Thank you. Yes. Officially it is, but um, in my family, it was my first language. So everybody in Malaysia speaks at least two languages that's required for our schooling. We speak Malay and English is our second language. So everybody is required to speak Malay and English. 
and then um, people speak their mother tongues, whether it's uh, Mandarin or Hokkien or Cantonese or Tamil or Hindi. So there's a fun fact about Malaysia. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've been to Thailand. I haven't been to Malaysia yet. Oh, um, we're just on the southern border. Yeah, okay. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and okay, I was wondering, because I, I, um, I can't wait to... Uh, meet or talk to an author that's that's uh writing a book out of a second language like a real second language where it's like a struggle and, and i guess i'm curious if that's come up with you as far as doesn't seem like it but has that kind of second language been a hindrance or obstacle at all for you funny you must you you mentioned it it's not really that english is a second language that was my obstacle it was that my english was british english and so oh, English yeah. that we learn in school is British English. And so the, the colloquial forms and like things that we, um, s some phrases that we use are not American. And I've had to learn to find the American equivalent. So that has been interesting. Like, you don't say this year. <laughs> I'm asking my husband, like, well, you don't say this year. Why, do you, why don't you say this year? And he's like, it's just not a thing. Like, find something, some way else to say it. But yeah. So that's been my challenge. Like, well, spelling number one, I keep correcting my spelling because the spelling's different. I'm C O L O U R instead of C O L O R, and um, so those kind of things have been a little bit of a challenge, but not not uh, not a terrible challenge. Okay, awesome. Yeah, that's so interesting. You mentioned spelling because for spelling is the bane of my existence sometimes because I'm not that young but i i've definitely born the the um spell checking age you know i grew up with computers in high school and all that stuff and um and through all my firefighting years and to actually spell something on paper by hand like it is rough for me and um <laughs> so yeah it comes up it comes up in my writing a lot of just the spelling is tough isn't it this spelling in like because british english spells a lot of words differently and so that's that's the English I learned. And so when I put it on paper, my word tells me that it's wrong. I'm like, what? And then I <laughs> then I Google it. I'm like, oh, Americans spell it this way. Oh, that's awesome. That's so that's great. And so your process, are you writing on paper first or are you going straight to a Word document or whatever it is? I'm straight on the computer. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way too, because I know some writers they 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 write all out in a notebook and I want to try this, but I can't really read my own handwriting sometimes. Um, I do, so. I do, I do carry my notebook around with me, like for whenever I have thoughts. I do, I write down things that I'm thinking, and then I I go and write on the paper uh, on the computer. But I I cannot write on on paper first because I cannot write as fast as I'm thinking. Yeah, I think that's so true. Like I can type a little faster than I can actually yeah. write. And and I was actually just before the podcast, I was I was reading one of your blogs. Um I think the one let's see, yeah, it's called I'm a fucking writer. And it was How so apt. amazing. Yeah. How apt I, that I would have wrote that just before this. <laughs> <laughs> and that blog was so powerful. I love the way you described of like like you're you're kind of wanting this validation from all these other people, but then you realize, I think halfway through the blog, like what you wrote was was I realized that I, I didn't need validation from all these other people, from you know, my future publisher and all this. Like I need validation for myself. And I think that was like a really powerful 
a really powerful moment in that article. And, and, um, for everybody listening, you got to go check out her blog and, and, um, it'll all be in the show notes and everything in the links. And and I just want to ask you about that article. Like what was coming up for you when you wrote it? I think I, I, like we were talking about imposter syndrome, I'm constantly asking myself, like, is this, is this a real thing? You know, that's the other thing people ask writers, right? So do you have a job? I write, I'm a writer. Like, so do you have a job? I'm a writer. But yeah, I, I kid about that a lot, but it never feels real to be a writer for me. And I always, my, my coach always says, go try it out. Go tell people like, say, say I'm a writer. You are a writer. You have a manuscript, you have a blog, you have all these things you are writing. So therefore you are a writer. But I have this huge issue with self-confidence and accepting my talent or accepting my skill or like just being able to say that I am doing something that I say I'm doing. It just feels very strange to me. And so I realized that it's really deeper than that. It's not just the writing. It's not just the um, calling myself a writer. It's really believing that I'm somebody worth anything. And that's where it begins and that's where it, it should grow from. Yeah. Wow. That is so powerful. And yeah, when I wrote, when I read that article, it just really, it was very moving of just, it, I could feel the emotion, the change, the actual realization inside the article, like you were having it while you're writing. It was just like, Oh my God, this blog is just incredible. Like, please keep blogging. Cause it is powerful. Like I love your blog. Oh, and, thank um, you so much. Yeah. It's so good. And, um, I guess, I guess, that it's so funny you mentioned like yeah do you have a job and and I, and I love this because um this is so similar and it's it it just hits me like pretty deep and, and I think my you know if you didn't know I was a wildland firefighter for like 14 years and so it's totally different in the city city firefighter is completely different and so I remember there's so many people in my family or friends that were in the fire business that would be like Oh, so what are you doing now? It's like, well, I'm a firefighter. And they're like, well, aren't you going to get a real job? <laughs> and I just, I know what that feels like. And, and the writer thing, it's like, yeah, aren't you going to get a job? And it's like, no, this is who I am. This is like what I'm supposed to be doing is writing. And, and uh, I think it's so important that people are writing down their experiences, their stories, their, even all the fiction books out there. It's so important, the writing, the books, the literature we're kind of saving this time and space for somebody else in the future to read it's it's pretty wild when you think about it that way right it's crazy to think that somebody else is going to hear my story and is going to walk the footsteps i took to get here and so that's just read my my words on the paper that came from my mind that's really something else it's such a i don't know it's a very rewarding feeling very exciting feeling to think that somebody else is going to know what i have thought up yeah wow so powerful and so where where can people find you where can they read your blog where can they find you on social media so my blog and um and all updates i will update on my book and um all info about me really is on my website AmeliaZachary.com and I am on 
Facebook and Instagram as Brown Girl Crazy World. So find me and follow me if, and maybe you'll see something you like and help me out with my imposter syndrome. Leave a comment and follow <laughs> or subscribe. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Yeah, for everybody listening, uh, all the socials are going to be in the links and um, just go check out the blog, check out the Instagram. Like you're going to be blown away. Amelia is amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, is there anything else I didn't ask you? Anything you want to clarify, go deeper on? Is there anything else, I guess, kind of closing thoughts here? I don't know, closing thoughts. I think when we spoke before we started the, um, we started the interview, we were talking about um, first-time writers, right? So I guess for all the first-time writers out there, I'm with you and let's see this through together and quit entertaining our imposter syndrome and just get our work out there because there is going to be somebody who cares about our work. Yeah. Yeah. Can, yeah. I, I feel like I need to tell this story because it was, it blew me away that this even happened, that it was real. Um, so was it last summer? I think it was last summer. Um, I was on a, on a fire in California and I'm sitting in this morning briefing and this guy just keeps looking at me and it's like, you know, when somebody looks at you and it's like, it's not just once it's like over and over. And it's like this 30 yeah. minute meeting. You know? it's like, God, this guy's just looking at me like, this is weird. Um, and after the meeting, he comes up to me, he's like, are you Thomas Worm? And I was like, yeah. And he's just like, and he pulls out his phone and he's, he opens up a couple apps and he shows me his phone and he's reading my book. Oh, and my how heart, awesome. I know my heart just sank. Shout out to Bob Meharry. Like you just, you made my entire career as a writer, like right then in that moment was like the, one of the best feelings I've ever had. And, um, and so when you're, when you, once you publish this book, like things like that will happen to you where you just, you feel so validated and so reminded of why you wrote the book. Um, oh, I want, I want me a Bob Meharry. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all do. Absolutely. So, oh, so powerful. So for all the first time authors listening, like you can do it. I promise it's powerful. And, um, thank you, Amelia. Thank you so much. And, uh, for everybody listening, I just hope we inspired you to start writing, to get your outline done, to reach out to that writing coach, reach out to mountain mind tricks, publishing to just do whatever, you need to do to start writing that book because I know there's one inside your mind. Thank so. you so much, Thomas, for having me. This has been wonderful. I'm so glad that um, I was able to do this. And I thank you so much for holding space for me today, talking about such important things that are really close to my heart. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Amelia. Bless you. And I can't wait to read your book. There's an infinite amount of books floating out there in the ether and all you have to do is tap into your highest self and write it. What if you could go out in the wilderness or international trek and experience firsthand shamanic healing, mental emotional release, and write your first draft? Writing a book isn't about the book. It's about the integration healing that that book facilitates, isn't it? Because when the book heals the author, the book heals the reader, and that's an amazing thing. If you've been procrastinating writing your book for years now, you can hear that book screaming for its life every night, Join me for a backcountry breakthrough. You'll experience guided trekking, daily energy sessions, mental emotional release, and writing sessions that guarantee your rough draft by the time you get back to the trailhead. Join me for a backcountry breakthrough. Go to mountainmindtrick backcountry breakthrough 
So go to mountainmindtricks.com backcountry dash breakthroughs. Writing a book isn't about the actual book because there, there's gonna be those obstacles that try and derail you from the actual writing. The key is preserving through the pain of writing every day. The book begins to highlight your emotional deep core wounds in a way that makes you wanna quit writing, right? But if you stay on the course, the old beliefs, the old identity of yourself, the negative ways of thinking begin to fall away. And suddenly, a new way of being starts to emerge. This is when the book begins to come alive and write itself. Because in this moment, you aren't writing the book. The book is writing itself as you have this internal transformation. This is the essence of healing through writing. Is your book screaming from the back of your mind? I know mine was. What would happen if your healing journey stopped here? You never got over that final hump. Your regret, remorse from not writing your book was the source of mind, body, future disease. I mean, what would you tell your clients if you couldn't work anymore? Go be healed somewhere else? I mean, what would happen if your business failed because you hold yourself back from your highest self? What would it be like if you regretted the book you never wrote and your last thoughts on your deathbed was, I wish I would have written that book. See, all these things are tragic, but it's possible for you to reach your big dream and be a number one best-selling author. When the book heals the author, the book heals the reader. This is a powerful concept because when books heal the reader, they sell and they go number one bestseller. So I'm starting this movement of healing through writing and using the breakthrough session to release the root cause of writer's block, that procrastination, that loss of motivation when you started writing your book or you had the idea and you never started. There's one-on-one coaching calls, weekly homework and accountability, after a comprehensive health assessment, we build habits and systems and goals to keep you on track. There's MP3 guided meditations, one-on-one hypnosis. And then I really teach you how to get published, how to self-publish or publish with my company, Mountain Mind Tricks Publishing. Then you leverage your book on podcasts, talk shows, speaking engagements, and you manifest that prosperity and passive income you're really looking for in your business. So I want you to check out BreakthroughWritersBlock.com and join the Healing Through Writing movement. It'll be the best thing you've ever done in your life because writing a book will completely change everything. So go to BreakthroughWritersBlock.com. Again, that's BreakthroughWritersBlock.com. Are you a new author that's trying to wade through self-publishing of what category should I pick, find the right designer, get an editor? What about the formatting? What's the dimensions that the actual spine in the book have to be? Is it gloss or white paper? There's so many different things that goes on in publishing. And that's why I'm dedicated to helping indie authors that have gone through this healing journey through writing their own book publish that piece of art, publish that amazing work that could help heal others. And here's the thing, is when a book heals the author, the book heals the reader. And this is so huge. I know I say this all the time, but it's so important. And and I wanna help the world make a huge impact by spreading more books that heal the reader. So if this sounds like you, I want you to go to mountainmindtricks.com slash publishing. Again, that's mountainmindtricks.com slash publishing. And if you're wading through Should I publish on Amazon? What about Ingram Spark? How do I get my book into bookstores? What should I do to even launch a book? How do I get on podcasts? There's so many things that go into publishing. And again, that's why I'm here for you. I want to publish your book. 
So if this sounds like you, go to mountainmindtricks.com publishing. Again, mountainmindtricks.com publishing.